Hello. Welcome to another podcast of the podcast that we make. Um, we're a little late with this one, but whatever. We're back. Um, we're back. We're back. I think we've been doing monthlies. Hey. Had a good clip. Um, so today the theme of our podcast is going to be bodily autonomy. Something that's kind of hot in the news for the last few weeks. Hot in the news, last few weeks, last Last year. Last few years, Um, depending on your perspective. And something that I think, uh, I've been really refining my thoughts and principles, ideals around, I guess, in like the last year because of the conversations that have dominated the discourse (laughs) in recent times, um... And, yeah, the last week or two in particular, as many of you are well aware, have been a um, bodily autonomy-centric news cycle. Yeah, I think, I guess it would depend on if you subscribe to a certain, like... That's true. uh, Social sphere, maybe not social (laughs) sphere, political bubble. Let's call it a bubble. Um, Many people, I guess, that would assume we're in a certain bubble um, would... A leftist bubble, I guess. Well, yeah. Uh, or, no, maybe not leftist, but liberal. You think maybe. people think we're... Li- no, I guess so. Yeah. We, yeah, people don't know People don't know the difference is. between liberal, liberal or leftist. Well, in leftist, or... liberal... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the right-left dichotomy is also something that we'll, we can get into in a different podcast because yeah. that's a different discussion. But let's just say most of you, I'm going to guess most of our listeners, are well aware that the Roe v. Wade overruling in the past uh, two weeks or whatever it's been has been um, uh, a large subject of uh, discussion, debate, panic, and screeching, and you know, rightful sorrow in the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Um, and it's been really interesting, I guess. I guess as, I guess we should say that, like, as kinksters, thinking about bodily autonomy is something that we are already super invested in yeah. because of our interests in kink. I mean, just in general, I feel like bodily autonomy is something just so basic and... Um, it's a human, this human right. Yeah, something I, I just, yeah, personally feel extremely strongly about because it's like the, your body is this thing you have. Like it's you, the only, the thing, only you thing you have. Yeah. <laughs> I think like I think of it as like our bodies are the only thing we actually own under capitalism, um, and even then we are coerced in many ways to rent it out, to rent our Taxes, labor, to rent like, our time, just waged labor, just, yeah. you know, have tos as we like to call mm, them. Fucking hate have tos. I mean, most of us, I'm not, I shouldn't speak for everybody. I know there are people who under current circumstances have learned to find joy or some kind of pleasure in working for other people's benefit. That's not me. Well, I mean, that's, we're brainwashed from the right. time we're children to... Right. You know, think that that is the uh, penultimate pinnacle of existence. Yeah. Um, I personally don't like it. I want a world without work. That doesn't mean a world without doing things. It means a world without work, as we now know work. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, blah, blah, blah. where was I going with bodily that? autonomy? Bodily kink. autonomy. And that's so important in kink because there is no kink without consent like the ability to say no i don't want this to happen to my body to myself i do not want to engage in this Mm -hmm. is you know that's 
the pillar, uh-huh. I guess you could say, that engaging in um, BDSM activities um, safely is based on. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, there are things also that might, uh, one person might look at, let's say like a, let's go, let's go to like a medical fetish or something like that. Mm. One person might look at that and think that is fucking disgusting. That's horrific. That's violent. That's sickening. That's foul. That's satanic. These are things that I think a lot of people from the outside look at kink. Some of the kinks that people Mm -hmm. engage in and think like, that's really fucked up. Hey bro, don't yuck my yum. Yeah. But the (laughs) crux of it is like, if that's that per that is that person's choice. It is within uh, the purview of their bodily autonomy to choose to do something that another person might think is gross, fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's taken a lot of time and effort to normalize some of that and not pathologize it as much. Yeah. In the public uh, discourse around kink, but um, I guess I bring that up because it's like you have the right to say no things that you don't want mm-hmm. and you have the right to say yes to things that other people I think are absolutely fucking psychotic um, and so th- these are like really important principles to us and having like the discernment uh, or and respect also mm. to recognize something and be like that's not for, that's not for me but yeah. I'm really happy that you found pe- a, pe- a, a people uh, people to engage in that for yourself with and you guys are figuring out how to do it safely i'm stoked for you i don't want to do it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. so glad that you exist so i guess we're just like prefacing this conversation with that foundation of bodily autonomy for me it's it's inspired in some part by sort of latent anarchic philosophical foundations that i've had throughout my life you know which i think bodily autonomy is a really core principle of of most left-leaning anarchic, uh, you know, philosophies, I guess you'd call Mm -hmm. it. Um, But also kink. Bodily autonomy is a core tenet of kink. And I guess today we want to talk a little bit about some of the hypocrisy that I guess we've seen in the past year and then more more recently in the past couple weeks Mm -hmm. of people who... And I say people very broadly. These are meaning, <laughs> meaning people who screech on the internet. <laughs> Which is like a very vocal minority. The vocal minority. Polarized. That, yes. Um, I guess you could say. And I guess something that we thought is really interesting to observe over the past few weeks is looking at um, people who are screaming my body, my choice now, rightfully so. And then people who have been super demonized over the past year for saying my body, my two, choice. Two, three years, yeah. Two, two, three years. But specifically over the past year mm. since uh, the COVID vaccine was introduced and then in some places was mandated as a condition of work, of employment or social movement? Social... So, uh, engagement? Social... Uh, yeah. 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 Freedom to move about socially in the world, go, you know, go to dinner and stuff like that. Um, that, that seeing people who have been against vaccine mandates, as we are against vaccine mandates, right? Mm -hmm. I think we are more than willing to go on record to say that telling people they have to do something with their body in order to engage in life, engage in work, um, that is something that does not align with my uh principles of bodily autonomy it's coercion it is coercion it's not it's manufactured well it's not even manufactured it's just not (laughs) it's coercion and you can't gain consent through coercion this is one of the principles of 
coercion, you're maybe, maybe of consent, you, you're maybe in consent, um, I think people talk about like enthusiastic consent mm-hmm. as a necessary um, precept for true consent. Do you agree that that's the case? I'm, um, not, I'm not sure. Not necessarily, because I think I don't, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of like enthusiastic informed consent, because it's like, right. maybe you might be excited about trying something, but you might not know everything about it, mm. you know, so... I don't, I don't think it's necessary to be, like, fully read up on a specific activity to be considered giving, like, informed consent. Right. You know, I think... Well, there's, there's risk, because there's also risk. Yeah, there's just, I think, yeah, maybe being aware, like, okay, this could be an outcome of this that mm-hmm. might not be so great, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to be, like, a scholar on an activity to be able to give consent for yeah. it. Um, so, but the idea of consent not being consent if there is coercion involved, I think that that's, like, a pretty I basic. think it's legit. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. If you're, if you're getting talked into something or, like, yeah, that's predator behavior. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And so I think something that we've noticed over the, this year is um, noticing that coer- mandates act as like a mechanism of coercion, essentially, since we know that the vaccines aren't sterilizing and that was um, advertised since the beginning. Not everyone seems to have gotten that message from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning, the CDC, like, you could go to the CDC website and it would say that. But, I mean, the way it was presented right. in the news. In the news, which is where people <laughs> get their science, I guess. But, um, yeah. Um, so, we knew from the beginning that the vaccines weren't sterilizing. We know that they uh, uh, create cellular immunity, which leads to less severe disease um, when, when, when and if you do get COVID. Um, but, so... It seems to me that the mandates, more than anything, were intended to coerce people or pressure people into getting the vaccines, which mm-hmm. we don't see as like a tenet of um, consent. So, no. So to me, that's just like where we stand on that is mandates should have never happened. They should not be reinstated. Um, coercing people to engage in a medical procedure that they do not feel comfortable with or want to have no matter what their political affiliation is and i know a lot of people think uh those who are against mandates are just right-wing trumper nut jobs Uh, but i think (laughs) if you actually look at the landscape the demographics of people who choose not to get vaccinated that that's a much broader and more uh varied demographic nuance yeah yeah. so so we think there's like a lot of you know kind of like weird pejorative anti-vaxxer propaganda at play with mandates as well um and it doesn't allow people to make uh a non-coerced consensual informed yeah right and then it's been interesting to see that in relation to the roe v wade because those same people (laughs) don't believe that that, that they should the people who don't believe they should be forced to take a vaccine can't like pivot that to a person should not be forced to become, to give birth right. that does not want to. To carry a childbirth who doesn't want to. 
Um, and it and it goes back the other way. People who are saying my body, my choice about Roe v. Wade. Yeah, or, don't think people have the right to say I don't want to put this medical intervention in my body. And people will make the argument, oh well, pregnancy isn't contagious, or it's not a public health crisis, whatever. But I think you have to boil it down to simple bodily autonomy, meaning that wherever people are, you know, the one one side in scare quotes can say, <laughs> oh, you should have to have a baby because. I believe that that baby is a human being and you're a murderer if you don't. Mm -hmm. And the other side can say, I believe you have to have a vaccine because if you don't have the vaccine, then you're just a walking plague rat and you're, you're going a to, and you're murdering grandma. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And it's I mean, very like, we also have to take into fact, you said already the vaccine is not sterilizing. Right. So that means you can still get COVID. You can still spread COVID. Right. You can still, um, right. yeah. And then, you know, I think, I think we were talking about this recently, too, is, like, people will also say, okay, well, well, then what is the definition of life? When does life start? This mm. is part of the, like, more, I guess, science-based arguments against abortion or against the late-stage abortion, late-term yeah. abortion, is, like, people sort of get into, Trying like, to parse out the nitty-gritty. Where's the cutoff? Right. So it's interesting because they're both kind of arguments that leverage... Science, and we also have to understand that science is a discussion, not a um, it's not, an edict. Yeah. It's not an orthodoxy, although it feels like <laughs> it is sometimes. Um, but it is meant to be a discussion, and so this discussion about what constitutes life is it when the uh, embryo can feel pain? Is it when it has fingernails? Is it when it's three cells instead of two, or whatever? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like this. Um, this, like, getting into the nitty-gritty of those questions is, I guess, where some of the, uh, misunderstandings, I don't want to call it misunderstandings, the, like, arguments are coming from, right? Yeah. And I guess going back to kink, too, it's this thing of, like, if you function from a foundation of bodily autonomy, um, you might see a kink that you're like, I would never fucking do that. I think that's disgusting. Oh, okay. I think that's morally abhorrent, but because I believe in bodily autonomy, I respect your right to engage in that kink. Yeah. You know? Or um, maybe somebody has, like, a really big problem with, like, a kink that you find very benign. Like, I would never let somebody um, piss in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know what that piss is. I don't or, uh, trust I just, that piss. Or I just think it's disgusting and yeah. degrading. I, I don't, yeah, I don't want that. And someone else is like, well, that's so stupid. Piss is sterile. Piss is it's just not going to hurt you. It's just pee. <laughs> like, you're fucked up for not letting for not letting me pee in your mouth. Like, that becomes a coercive gesture when you say, you're so stupid. This is sterile pee why wouldn't you let me just pee in your mouth it's yeah. not a big deal and they're like i don't want you to pee in my mouth and they're like well it's not a fucking big deal just do it or you'll lose your job you yeah. know that i think is a little bit of the feeling and i do understand that if the vaccines were sterilizing there would be maybe more of an impetus to make you know then we know like you know infections are going to end but because it's a zoonotic disease with animal reservoirs that's just not going to happen no um so yeah i just think it's been really interesting to see that and see how you know reaching across the aisle as they say doesn't seem to happen in yeah. this conversation I th yeah people are so blind to 
there's there's no it's uh, not blind i just don't think it's a commitment to the principle yeah it's not a commitment to the principle because it's, it's a commitment to ideology and being on right. a team right it's like i'm team christian anti-abortion yeah. i'm team liberal science get your vaccine so we can enrich Even if this you're fucking scared. bio yeah. core yeah yeah so i think um I think it's interesting to see that and I I keep feeling hopeful that the more that this conflict kind of plays out people will understand that it it's actually could be a unifying principle you know mm. like if you believe in bodily autonomy like how it would be amazing if it opens some you know anti-abortion folks to like oh wait that is that you know I would I wouldn't like that if someone was telling me to you know carry a uh something inside of my body that i didn't want to carry in my body yeah. and in my life so i maybe i shouldn't say that 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 is you know something they have to do i don't want that for myself it would be really nice and it's it seems so simple but i i think like yeah the the indoctrination of ideology yes is is um apparently very strong for a lot of people yes and i think that you know has been one of the weirdest fucking things i've seen in the last two years of this extended state of exception that we're in the state mm -hmm. of emergency um which we're still in uh has been seeing how people respond to crisis and respond to increasingly seemingly increasingly like chaotic circumstances mm -hmm. Well, I mean, for as long, I mean, more than as for as long as I can remember, as long as, you know, we can look in the history books, like fear is a great motivator to get people to do and believe like mm -hmm. what you want. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and to manufacture consent, right. like this goes all the way back to. 911 mm -hmm. like Pearl Harbor mm -hmm. uh the Vietnam War like all these all these uh con like global conflicts that were manufactured by false flags mm -hmm. like the consent to go to, to the uh not consent but like swaying public discourse right. through media propaganda right um yeah I'm is like as old as fucking human conflicts <laughs> yeah and america's great at it their oh, biggest yeah. export is propaganda i feel like i've read that somewhere america's greatest export I mean, is propaganda about our own greatness i believe and I, on our own citizens i mean i believe the person uh, uh the person that kind of like coined the whole thing i want to say his name was edward bernays yes uh yes. freud's cousin um and it was about it was about soviet propaganda no uh, I can't remember exactly, but he was he was straight up using uh, psychology to uh, do like advertising campaigns, mm -hmm. and then also I think was involved with like I want to say maybe the CIA. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that. There there is a book written about him that I've been meaning to read. Um, but yeah, I'm a sure, friend's mom is reading it. I'm right sure now. if you look it up, Edward Edward Bernays is the guy's name, but um, yeah media is you know an arm of the state apparatus is, and has always been <laughs> I've, li I've been listening to um uh michael parenti inventing reality 
which is the precursor to Noam Chomsky's and, and his co-author's book, Manufacturing Consent. And Noam Chomsky has kind of fell off, so... Um, <laughs> Noam Chomsky got co-opted. <laughs> well, Slash, he might have always been a controlled opposition, mm. because he, he went very far. He's very famous yeah. for saying the shit he did. Why didn't he get popped off by now? Yeah. I think he's controlled opposition in the way that Bernie Sanders is like, yeah, you're just revolutionary enough mm-hmm. to get people fired up, and then we can swoop in with Joe Biden and get them to vote for this dipshit, you know? <laughs> and that is that is a part of the propaganda. Propagandization of the state is also controlled opposition. So I think Noam Chomsky took Parenti's ideas, managed to, you know, he was a, a big in the intellectual intelligentsia, whatever, academia spheres, um, and was able to say just enough, but not too much. Um, But Michael Parenti was the one who wrote the book before Manufacturing Consent, and that's been really interesting to listen to, and he goes through a bunch of those false flags, as you say, a bunch of the ways that the media specifically um, buys out airtime to, you know, uh, the government buys out airtime to, you know, control a narrative and tell us how to think and what to do. But it's been kind of, like, disturbing in the past couple of years seeing how fucking effective that is. And I'm not saying I'm immune to propaganda, because I don't think one can be when you're deep in it, you know? Yeah. But I will say there was a, I think, a crescendo or a boiling point for me in the 2020 elections. Um, after the summer of insurrection or uprisings, uh, what was it called? Uh, avoid plague. Summer? Resist government or something. Oh, I don't remember know. The I, meme? It, I can't remember. I don't know. Someone else called it insurrection summer. Oh. And I kind of liked that. <laughs> uh, like instead of hot girl summer. The year before it was hot girl summer. Can you believe that? Um, Feel old yet? Feel old yet. This year I'm calling it simpleton summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get a smooth. Simp summer. Trying to get, not simp, simpleton. Oh. They're different things. Um, what was I thing? Oh, yeah, for me, that was just like a really kind of, I guess, eye-opening moment, disturbing moment, demoralizing moment when I felt so, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but so excited to see so many of my peers seeming to finally uh, grasp or or get on board with prison abolition, mm-hmm. um, ACAB stuff, anarchy stuff, and I was like, oh my god, it's fucking happening! The revolution! Demo- demolish the police. Or not demolish. Uh, abolish abolish the, police. the police. And demolish them, why not? Yeah. We can do both. And then turn around and be like, vote for Joe! Vote for Joe and Kamala, the like, architects of mass incarceration. Like, no! Cop herself, Kamala. <laughs> so the, there, there was something just really, I guess, you know, demoralizing, but importantly eye-opening for me in that, where I was like, I guess I just feel a little more... Uh, I don't want to say hopeless because I'm trying not to be hopeless about mm. it, but more realistic, I guess, of realizing the way um, news cycles, you know, play into people kind of bandwagoning on stuff. For example, the like, I feel like we talked about this the first week of Ukraine where everyone was like, <laughs> oh my God, Zelensky, he's so hot. And it's just, it's literally just fucking shit to post about. It's content. No, no, they sent <laughs> fucking billions of dollars to the Ukraine. To Nazis. Fuck the Ukraine. <laughs> We need that money here. We need schools. <laughs> and I mean, it's, yeah, it's a proxy war. So anyway, so the uh, the dogma, I think, mm. 
is what we're going back to. It's been, it feels like some of this bodily autonomy, the reason people can't see each other's point of view is because it's such a, uh, political ideology is such a team sport. Yeah. And there's uh, something like, is there something inherently human where like you want to join a team because you want to be part of a community because humans want to flock together? Absolutely. I think humans are, you know, we're inherently social creatures and through capitalism, our collective uh, our collective inclinations have been hijacked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see this with, that's why we have team sports. And there's people that are, you know, gung-ho fucking Raiders or Dodgers or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think right now the biggest team sport is politics. Yeah. Well, it's probably always been. We're maybe just more aware of it in our adulthood. Yeah. But it's it seems like it's very divisive mm. in these moments, maybe because of social media and the fact that everyone has their little megaphone, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's going back to the screeching on the internet. Like, I know not everybody I know is this, like... Um, superficial in a sense where they're just like picking up the news story of the day parroting it back to their audience because they know it'll give them a little dopamine hit when someone's like fire emoji to their fucking story yeah and you people want to belong so how do you show you belong to team red or team blue and that's by you know yeah parroting the ideology of your chosen and, but, team. but and those are just the people who are posting like I have yeah. to like kind of step back and be like okay I, it feels really like loud at times to see people um, to, to witness people I care about like sort of fall, following the overarching narrative in a very to me uncritical way you know um, but I know there's always more to it than that and I know there's a lot of people who aren't doing that who you don't see yeah um but yeah it's been it's it's what a time to be alive I guess it's it's a little um it's a little disappointing at times I guess yeah for me bodily autonomy is really important I see a lot of people in the kink and BDSM scenes a lot of pro doms who who don't seem to hold those beliefs which is alarming and shocking really yeah it's very interesting to witness it's hard to witness actually because i guess i have an idealism about bdsm that it can be this incredible healing soul you know refining you know met like alchemical process by which you come to be a better person (laughs) (laughs) but i see um a lot of people who are in positions of you know play power pro doms or doms um who seem to actually espouse these ideals of like powering over other people in a violent way, like in a way that doesn't always to me read as consensual or doesn't always read as like actually caring about the autonomy of their clients or the people they play with. It reads as like kind of hateful. Yeah. And I, and I know sometimes that's just an act, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking no. about something else I see where it's like, a kind of hatred for other people's choices around their own bodies that that it disturbs me. I mean, yeah, it's very disturbing, but on another hand, it also makes sense because there have always been, you know, in marginalized communities, people that have been like, pick me. Yeah, taking on the the, Yeah, you take on to, you know, say, hey, uh, this is is just like, uh, shit, what is it called? I forget what it is with black people. Um... 
but it's yeah it's like saying like look i'm good at doing the doing the thing that is mainstreaming right now we're all not these bad under underworld people respectability politics yeah it's exactly that um Mm. and i get it at one hand on one hand because you know it's it's extremely tough to you know make your living as a sex worker um in you know a climate and social or so in a social climate that demonizes mm. sex work um so on one hand yeah I, it makes sense but it's also kind of like why are we recreating the yeah shit why that we're, that we're theoretically <laughs> i mean and this is theoretically not everybody is trying to escape the system mm-hmm. through you know these like other uh you know i mean it's like another economic bubble in a sense that could be underground but depending on how you decide to approach it not everyone's there for that reason a lot of people are there to survive they're not necessarily there because it's a political choice or action yeah and it's a privilege to approach it as a political choice or action you know um but i think there are people who consider it a political choice and action who also their politics suck that's true (laughs) but that's gonna happen because any fucking where you go there are people whose politics you don't agree with you know um but yeah, it's been a little weird to see some of that, and I guess, how do you stay hopeful through all of this nonsense? Well, I mean, I, for me, I guess I just focus, I, I go back to that thing, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, Focus on what you can control, mm-hmm. and that's you know your own body, your own your own body. <laughs> Which in is, some cases, not all, not all. <laughs> apparently. That's right, and I mean, you know that that's uh, unfortunately a reality for a lot of people right now. No matter what, where your political leanings are. Also, but if you're just dis- there, are people who are disabled too who can't have full bodily autonomy because they have to they have medical procedures or things where they Mm -hmm. have to handle hand some of that over to somebody else you know so that is also like a whole dimension of bodily autonomy that i can't speak to yeah i am not an expert on that whatsoever but i do recognize bodily autonomy itself is also a privilege for the able-bodied some people don't have that autonomy because they need assist certain kinds of assistance or certain kinds of medications or things that afford them what autonomy they can have yeah absolutely anyway just thought i should say that too uh i don't remember what i was talking about um oh uh, you said how do you stay how do you stay helpful? helpful um yeah just focusing on what i can control which is um my own small sphere and how i choose to view life Mm -hmm. um it seems like you don't get as, like, um, discouraged as I get seeing people be fucking kind of impossibly ignorant. Well, I feel like, I, from, I guess I feel like it's something I've witnessed my whole life, kind of. And I am waking know. up a little late, I will. <laughs> it's true, but yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just like you've witnessed, like, sexism your whole life. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think... Growing up as a multi-ethnic person, I feel like, uh, 
yeah, I, I just... You have defenses against I it already. Ha- I had to build them up mm. as a kid from, you know, being poked and prodded by every fucking person that came across me, like, treating me like an object. Yeah. Just like, what are you? Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're, yeah, your body being, like, your outward body appearance being such a point of interest and curiosity and, like you said, prodding. Yeah. Objectif- like being objectified essentially yeah quite literally which is like a stripping I think objectification is a kind of stripping of bodily autonomy and saying it's... you're not yours you're an object for me to look at yeah an object to be consumed yeah. and to be questioned and yeah it's I, I don't know I guess I would say I, the feeling I guess I left or am left with from growing up the way I did I mean lots of other factors in there too is that yeah most people don't aren't interested in my personhood Mm. more just yeah in categorizing Mm. my physical form Mm. i guess which is also it's like a it's like a uh similar to the way people want to figure out who you are based on ideology i mean Mm. it's, it's related right it's like humans have this like push to taxonify is that a word i don't know to categorize (laughs) categorize for sure to categorize okay who size someone up who is this person what's their you know for you them trying to figure out your race i guess yeah uh which is fine but you know we all do it i think it's you know there's a it's it's like an evolutionary like um, what's it called? Uh, I forget the right word. Yeah, Instinct. but it's like you're categorizing is yeah. this a threat? Is this safe? Yeah. It's called um, schematics. We schematize each other yeah. and our surroundings. We say this is a thing that kind of belongs in this category or it could be this category. Let's figure out which category. Yeah. It's a way we organize our world to but make it's, sense of it. You know, that happens, but that does not have to be the outward way you treat right. people around right. you. Like that doesn't have to, like, you have a filter. Right. Like you can do that, but you can also not treat people like shit because of whatever boxes in your mind they fall into. Which I think is also what's happening ideologically is what I was going to say. There's like some of that, some of that instinct and urge, which can be so hurtful, I think is also happening in like, oh, that person's against mandates. They're an anti-vaxxer. Oh, that person, um, you know, has questions about when life begins. They're a a pro-lifer or whatever. You know what I mean? And I mean, having questions about life begins actually is kind of like, I know I'm 100% pro-abortion, but it's like, when, yeah, when does life begin? I have never really thought about it. Yeah. Let's think about it. Am I a pro-fucking-lifer because I want to no. ask that question? Discussion needs to happen. Right. There's nothing inherently right. wrong with having conversation. There are going to be absolutely uncomfortable conversations right. and uncomfortable As topics. There should be. But discussion should be happen discussion i don't i'm not a believer in shutting down discussion Mm -hmm. no matter how vile or like like uh distasteful you might find a particular discussion like there's a difference between discussing and action yeah and a big difference and between people like intentionally trying to incite you know yeah hurt hurt or or you know inflict pain on another person in the course of that discussion most of us can always improve our, you know, conversa- our, uh, communication skills Absolutely. to be as l- the least violence possible. But, I mean, even those of us who try our best are still going to enact violence at times. Every single one of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think it's not to say go out of your way just to be a fucking asshole or an edgelord. I guess that's something that, like, morally I feel it's good to try to be respectful. But at the same time, there are times where I'm so fucking annoyed with people, I do just want to, like, you know, hurl insults at them. Is that not also, like, a human... Uh, is that not like a human is that a human expression that should be done away with or would it not need to exist if we felt we had like the avenues to have true engaging thoughtful discussions you know I mean I I think maybe it wouldn't happen so much if you know we were actually taught and encouraged to communicate and we learned you know better communication tools Mm mm-hmm we're taught um, to debate and try to be right. It feels yeah, like yeah. We're to, uh, we're, we're taught, taught to win. We're right. not we're not taught to like the team mentality. Yeah, we're not. We don't learn to uh, have discussions or take in ideas that are different from mm-hmm. ours. It's more yeah. It's more a crush and win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before. That's also something to grapple with on a personal level. Your own discomfort with information that comes mm-hmm. into your sphere. And be like, am I gonna shut this down? I don't agree with this. I don't like it. I don't like that people think this. How am I gonna engage with this? Do I need to engage with this? Do I need to just take it in and be like, why do people think this? Mm-hmm. Is there something? Is there something valuable here to look at? Which I think going back to our initial discussion is like with the mandates. Um, instead of being like anyone who's against them is a right wing trumper who wants to, you know. Uh, and end end access to abortion for all people or whatever you know what I mean Mm. that is not the case it's just not the case but I think a lot of people are willing to like rest in that place because it's too painful there's too much cognitive dissonance to say could I have something in common with this person I believe in bodily autonomy they're talking about bodily autonomy maybe we have some common ground here (laughs) maybe there's some common ground there and while every single thing in your 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 ideology might not match up why are we so opposed to figuring out what does you know it because like the whole like the whole point of like the propaganda machine is to divide and conquer they don't have to come after us with militarized force if we're doing it to each other yeah with psychological or military militarized force <laughs> in some cases increasingly it would seem that some of the ideological wars are being fought with actual weapons you know and I, I just think, I think it's a continuing, uh, uncomfortable question to grapple with within ourselves, you know? And I think the bodily autonomy conversation is, is one that uh, I feel like a lot of people in my sphere are not willing to look deep, deeply into. And that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm not really willing to, you know, talk to those people when I see them saying things that strike me as fucked up in a way. Yeah. But, you know, I'm also still just grappling with my own discomfort as I as I come to understand how I feel about these things, you know. Little baby steps, too. Yeah, There's nothing think, wrong with that. Yeah, I think being gentle with yourself is super important. There's, you know, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to have it all figured out. It's like... Every single one of us is, you know, in our own way, making our own progress. Like, And we don't to, have to... Sorry. To, uh, I don't know what I was saying. 
And we don't have to force other people to see our point of view. That goes no. back to coercion as well, yeah. as I think sometimes we feel like, okay, the only way that I can fix this problem is to make somebody else see my point of see view what, yeah. and come to believe what I believe when it's like maybe just you and I having this discussion without telling our listeners what to think or what to believe and hope hopefully they don't agree with everything we have to say that discomfort that dissonance if you can sit with it can create space for for broadening your understanding um, of really fucking complicated subjects you know, um, so hopefully we could do that today by 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 having a, a, a short open discussion with each other. You know, <laughs> instead of trying to make anybody think anything. You yeah, know? you can't make anybody think anything or feel anything. You cannot Absolutely do it. Not. You're you, never gonna. Yeah, you can't make anybody change their minds. Like, no. People are gonna change their minds when they're ready to change their minds, and if you they can get, if they get them. to that place, you know, like. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what's interesting about propaganda is it's a it's a concerted effort to make people change their yeah. minds and it is a, a well it's brainwashing you know it's just which is a type re- of bottle it, it's, yeah it's, it's coercion it's yeah. just it's repeating something over and 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 mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I, we've talked about this in other po- podcasts I um, think most people in the U S are you know we're socialized to um, accept dogma through media yeah um you know there's a big reason why why critical thinking is not encouraged or taught in, mm-hmm. in public school mm-hmm. or why you get sent to the principal's office for st- staying sitting down during the pledge of allegiance <laughs> like this bad boy oh uh, yeah i got suspended for oh suspended oh <laughs> even better um yeah i mean all of that is just training for Lockstepping into the workforce. Yeah. Um, Gotta produce uh, more workers, and you know can't mm-hmm. uh, can't have those baby factories closing down because we need more workers, mm-hmm. and we need more you know literal chattel bodies to borrow more national debt against. Mm-hmm. Tell literally, us more. Tell us more, Temba. <laughs> literally, our national debt is borrowed against future children. Tell us like, more. You, you the tax me revenue to this idea. from um, it's not a it's not an idea. It's like literally in the tax code. I can't remember. But I, it's not I, like, it's not common knowledge. I would say probably not. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember where it was, but yeah, a few years ago, I was reading this like breakdown of like it's like you're given a social security number, which is basically like a a chattel number. Yeah, a stock, so, you know, a livestock number. Like yeah, because I yeah I think I was like looking up like where like what's the collateral for like the debt of the nation like where does where where's that money borrowed against because you can't just you know take out money and it's yeah it's literally borrowed against bodies future bodies the tax revenue of those future bodies will create which is you know the uh the very first attack on bodily autonomy in a sense yeah that you're you're reduced to state property state property which Um, is Unless you are corporate lu- property. Unless you're lucky enough not to get a social security number, but then you have to I live your life. I almost didn't. My I mom know. was not going to get me a social security number. Because you were at home birth. Yeah, I, I was in a legal home birth because it was. You didn't have a doula, it was, or it was illegal to do home births uh, where I was born. Uh, yeah. Interesting. 
Um, so they, I think she said they, they paid a doctor to say that I was born, like, in their office. Interesting. Um. But so you could have theoretically been a non-existent member of I society. I wish. <laughs> but think about how hard I mean, my life be would have been difficult. much different, yeah. but, oh, how cool would it have been to be, to be, a, to be fully free. Yeah. <laughs> no code. Um, but yeah, it would have been a, an interesting life, I guess. I Probably more difficult. I've had an interesting life already. You, you have. But. <laughs> you have. I mean, it's not, it's not like you couldn't find work. It would just be, I guess, living a bit more like, like an undocumented person lives in America, yeah. right? Um, probably close, closer to that experience. I wonder if I eventually would have, like, done it, like, got, got just a social the, security number. Yeah. living, yeah. Because, yeah, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't have been, I mean, I was homeschooled to, like, around middle school, so, yeah, I probably would, I wouldn't have been able to go to public school. Right. Um, you wouldn't have been able to register to vote. Oh, yeah, I don't do that shit. <laughs> um, so, actually, that's really, it's kind of an interesting way of uh, tying this all together, is, you know, realizing that bodily autonomy is already impinged upon by the state mm -hmm. our question is like how impinged upon are we going to allow it to be and can you sit with the discomfort of considering for a moment that like it's already pretty fucking it's impinged pretty bad upon. <laughs> i don't think most people are going to realize that we live straight up in an authoritarian state right. until it's far Way far far late. far far too late and some but, of us yeah i mean it the signs are all around us mm -hmm. right now it's like mm -hmm. yeah you literally can't do what you want with your body mm -hmm. um to some, in degree, some cases to some degree i think yeah. that it was like a test a, like a test run let's see how far we can get under the skin of folks um see how far they'll go to be able to continue to to not suffer social death you know mm. um and I, I personally think that these kind of uh mandates open the, the normalization of them opens the door for further overreach um and things like uh you know i wouldn't say like oh we all have to drive electric cars from now on i don't know i don't see that as bodily overreach but i do see it as like so the way that the greening of our lives which uh absolutely ecological adjustments have to be made but I think when you allow the state as it stands to make those adjustments, you have to assume shit is going to get really fucking messy for the chattel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think, I think people also need to realize, I mean, I don't know if they do or not. Like, when we're, when we're saying the state, the government, we have to realize that the government is not its own uh, apparatus. apparatus. The government is bought and paid for by corporations. corporations yeah. So when you say government... You can erase that and just plop in corporations. The ruling class or whatever yeah. you want to call it instead. Um, the, ru the rulers. Um, like, li yeah, literally the, the government is or controlled by So I just see business. I just see things like, yeah, uh, yeah, tying in big business, like the fact that Bill Gates owns the majority of the farmland in the United States and there's like a, a moral and ethical push towards vegan uh, diets, things like that, where it's like, wait, this is another example of like um, a kind of morality tale being used to tell me what I can or can't put in my body, what I should yeah. or shouldn't do with my body. 
Um, I sort of see a, a, like a shift towards the, that kind of thinking, that way of slowly getting people to make choices that they might not have otherwise made or might not even be the best thing for society at large and the earth as a whole because as we know like industrial agriculture is also very harmful the methane and nitrate emissions from livestock is bad but not really worse than like the buffalo uh herds that used to roam uh the americas you know well i mean even more important is just monocropping in general it's just it's destroying the Soil, like I think mm-hmm. I've said this already, our our top soil is going to be gone in fifty years. Yeah, sixty to seventy years in some places, the top soil will be unusable in much of like the farmland in this country because of monocropping soil, monocropping corn. and the way we use chemical fertilizers mm-hmm. um, and pesticides. Like it's just yeah it's a mass mess. scale it's a ecological mess. devastation and nobody's really i mean there are people talking about it but it's not like in a i, I mean i follow a lot of people that talk about degrowth and moving to like small agrarian you know communal yeah. food food R- systems yeah. we really need to do local production yeah. like and regenerative farming but like. that's not gonna happen because the people in charge <laughs> Well, own yeah. all the fucking farmland and and in addition to that there is absolutely going to be a moral a, 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 talking about orthodoxy and ideology I believe in the next at least 20 years there's going to be a moral imperative to go vegan or you're a really fucking bad person who's trying to kill the earth kill grandma kill a baby whatever it is it's always this like moral <laughs> thing of like if you're not eating Bill Gates' soy TM burgers, like, you're killing the planet, you know? And it's a corporate edict that becomes, like, a personal uh, philosophy that then becomes a way for human factions to fight against each other if you're not in agreement with that philosophy, if you can zoom out to the bigger picture, you know? Yeah, kind of the same thing with, like, environmentalism today, where it's like... Mm -hmm. Use paper straws, not plastic straws. Right. You're hurting the environment. Right. But who's really person. hurting the environment? It's big business. And industry the Industry is the number one polluter of Earth, not individuals. Yeah, so I see I see bodily autonomy like becoming more and more under threat in, in the coming years and I think figuring out your stance on it, really looking at some of the contradictions, trying to uh, trying trying to get, you know Get it really deep in your bones. What does it actually mean to you? I think it's a really valuable, like, personal project for people to undertake, you know? Yeah. That's all we got. And seeing it for more than just as it pertains to your physical being. That's absolutely it, it has to be extended out to all the other physical beings. That's right. That's absolutely right. <clears throat> so. On a happier note. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. We'll zoom out. What? How, how far? S- Somebody had a birthday mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. I turned old. <laughs> you turned old. What did we do? You kind of, we went out to Palm Springs for Genevieve's birthday yes. and somebody fell in love with Palm Springs. I want to move there. I don't even like the desert. That I much know. You're, right. <laughs> you're always like, but I don't know. It was I hate the a, desert. I think more than anything, I just wanted to be out of LA and it just felt great to be out of LA because yeah. we've been here for so long, you know? 
And really, I think I've been very homebound and haven't been like out of my comfort zone, you know, for a while. It just felt good to be out of town. Yeah. And you've been working from home a lot now too with your new job. I am working. I'm a work from homer now. A real trader. Wow. How could you? (laughs) I'm a real, what do they call like work from home? It's not blue. Is it white? Is that a white collar job? I don't know. Oof. You're a tele, tele commuter. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Um, What's worse than a tech bro? I know. A tele commuter. I know, but um, it's been great. <laughs> Not gonna lie. But that being said, I do need to like. I want to get out of town more. Yeah. Wait, we haven't talked about Palm Springs. Before. Okay, okay. Just... Palm Springs was so nice. We got found drunk a at cute, the pool. You found a cute little hotel with oh, a yeah. pool. And we, we splashed around. Splashed around in the pool with a bunch of drunk weirdos, which was nice. That was fun. We got to talk to some people from, like, all different kinds of backgrounds. People. And that was wonderful to just, yeah, connect in a pool with some randos. drunk randos. Yeah, that was really wonderful. <laughs> it was a great scene. Um, and... Yeah, tooled around Palm Springs. Went to a gay bar. That this was like a weird moment. We like. What was that place called? I don't. Four something. Four. Uh, quads. Quads. Yeah, quads is like a um, video bar, and we kind of like popped around to all these different bars on this little strip, and none of them felt right to me. It was a lot of unsa unsa, and that wasn't the vibe I had that night. <laughs> um, but this one was just like. A bunch of mostly elder queers, I want to say, and theater gays. Which is really beautiful to see all these, like, elder oh, yeah. gays just thriving and singing. And, like, elder and, elder dykes, too. Yeah, was, like, and just a having vibe. a good time. Yeah, it was great. Everybody's kind of just sitting facing all these screens, watching old videos of, like, diva performances, classic like musicals. musical performances, and just, like, fawning over the divas. And I was like, <laughs> I just love diva worship. Like, that is a part of gay culture that I really appreciate, is, like the worshipping of these like unique strong strange women and performers you know mm. it's it's very i don't know i find it very sweet um but then there was like a weird moment where they played this like colbert the yeah, colbert think- report like montage of like the january 6th insurrection videos but it was very like haha these dum-dums it really put me in a bad <laughs> mood i was just like i fucking hate this like like I, Colbert is liberal propaganda at this point. Um, I don't know if he was ever. Maybe he was more interesting when he was on John Stewart. Even then, though, I remember he did this whole piece about like the Occupy people. He did like interviews with some Occupy protesters and really like treated them like shit. It was like he's always been a like anti, anti uh, well, insurrectionary. I mean, that's that's the character yeah. though. It is. I mean, it's it's. It, but I think I that's mean, also his, who his he is. character on John Stewart was. Right. Was to be a no a conservative satire. Oh, yeah. But that's not what his show is now. Now he's really just like a liberal, like talking head. Mm, I think. I think it's, it's still kind of the same. I don't no, know. I haven't watched it. It's not. But he's just. Like, I mean, I he's just like Leno. Or I don't something. think that's who he is. He's still. He's continuing playing a character. I don't think so. Just like so. Jon Stewart's playing a character. I think even... Colbert is just Colbert now. I don't think he's, like, the character Colbert. Have you watched that show? Like, it's, like, you should... I'll, Not recently, I'll, show, I'll but... show you some of it when we're done with the podcast, but it's pretty, like, cringe. Anyway, that was very just... Everybody was, like, shouting and being like, fuck Trump, blah, blah, blah. It was very, <laughs> like... I, I was just, like... And then... What, do you love Trump, Genevieve? 
I don't love Trump, but I think people who <laughs> I think people who are obsessed with Trump are psychos. On either end, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a psychotic fixation that I I really think misses the point that like America has been a white nationalist, white supremacist, yeah. every mm. single figurehead ever. Like all of them, all of them. It's just like a very to me a very uh, obsessing over how particularly bad Trump is is like a revisionist history you revisionist US history it's like he's really not an exception he's well, like kind of just sillier than the other ones yeah I think people get very upset because it's more it's he's not hiding it as much as other people his do. dog whistles are loud but yeah, every president has it, dog whistles and it forces people to yeah to look at like oh no this is who you are yeah. Quite this, literally. This, this is, is this what is who America you are, is. this is what this country is. That's right. And, and people they can't swallow are, it yeah, they're indoctrinated. Upset with that mirror. Yeah. They're indoctrinated with American exceptionalism and yeah. this disrupts some kind of like liberal and liberal American quote, left wing yeah. exceptionalism. And it's like y'all gotta get out of that. Like the state has to burn. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Like, take off the jersey. Yeah, literally. Um, so that was, like, really disturbing. I was having so much fun of it. Everyone went into, like, fuck Trump mode. And then the next diva video was, like, a lady singing God Bless America. And I was like, we gotta get out of here, Tempo. It's time to go. And then as we were leaving, they were handing out American flags. flags. <laughs> for everybody to wave in the bar and it's like, go, 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 go. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, maybe a lot of those queer elders were vets. Maybe the owners were vets or something. But it's, like, the, the country hates you. Like, how? No. You can get married now. You're American. You love this country. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to each his own. You know, I will say that, I, you know, maybe my criticisms of people is also stopping me from trying to see what they see and not like you know be able to understand why some people feel so strongly about these things you know that's also a possibility maybe i need to like extend that grace in all directions you know yeah <laughs> i mean that might be the final frontier for me is like to actually try to understand where some like libs are coming from you know yeah because that's you know, you when you grow, I think it's maybe it's harder because I grew up in that kind of atmosphere yeah. of liberalism and was indoctrinated in it and abided by it for a long time while not being like a voter or really engaged in those mm. like rituals. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that was fun until it was like, <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, we had a fun time. I'd go back. Maybe we'll become regulars. Should we? In the old Palm Springers. I'd become a Palm Springer. <laughs> I'd do it. So, yeah, that is all for now. I think we have another uh, episode we're going to plan to try to get out at the end of the month to catch up. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic, with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps. And Temba is Tembizzle. T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.